are in our Proverbs series, Ancient Life Hacks, and kind of going off that idea of life hacks, things you do to make your life go better. So even if you hated every sermon, hopefully you picked up a life hack along the way that was able to bless you. So I came across this one that I really enjoyed. So this is something, you ever hate that feeling, particularly holidays, right? You're going to leave for a couple of days, and you have that like, oh, did, we leave the, did I leave the stove on? Then you're kind of pulling away, driving the street, like, oh, did I lock the door? Is the iron plugged in? And we're like, did we forget Kevin? You know, Home Alone. Remember Home Alone? They forget the little kid. It's good. You should watch it. So you get the point, right? Don't you hate that feeling? And then, you know, your wife's like, can we drive back? I don't know if I unplug the iron. And then you almost always did, but you're just paranoid. I can get rid of that feeling for you. Here's a life hack. So as you're leaving for the holidays and you're kind of locking the door, whatever, you just need to, in that moment, do something weird and memorable. And then you won't forget. So as you're locking up the door the last time, just do the I lock the door dance, like I lock the door, I lock the door. And I guarantee as you pull away, like, no, 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 I did that. Like as you're like shutting off the stove for the last time, like speak to your stove as a pirate, like I'm shutting the off, you know? And then as you're pulling away, I guarantee like, oh no, did I shut off the stove? You'll be like, all right, I did, you know? So I guarantee it, that'll work. So that's a life hack for you. And so as we're talking about this morning, parenting, so we're talking about life hacks and gleaning wisdom from Proverbs and parenting, I came across this life hack, parenting hack, there are no hacks, everything is hard, these kids don't listen, this is your life now, Godspeed. (laughs) I'm going to bring that word back, I look, Godspeed, Godspeed to you, this is true, Like, I don't have a bunch of tricks that I'm going to give you to give you a new kid by Friday. Like, that doesn't work. There's no, like, you know, easy. I can tell you a bunch of hacks that don't work because I have tried multiple hacks with my kids and none of them worked. I've tried to offer my kids, like, large sums of money for their obedience multiple times. I've offered my kid a million dollars. And I think I'm being serious. Like, I will give you a million dollars. Go to bed. It doesn't work. They don't understand money in millions. So that doesn't work. And I'm... I'm be honest, I'm not proud of this, but I've tried this hack, like, to get your kid to quiet down and stop, like, yelling and screaming. I thought, surely, if they see how crazy this is, they'll stop. So I just started to mimic their screaming. So in the car, they're screaming, I'm just like, wah, wah, what? That doesn't work. Don't try that. Parenting is hard. There's no easy tricks. There is wisdom that I think we can glean in Proverbs. Here's the wisdom I hope that we can glean as a family this morning. One, I hope it can help you better understand your kid. I hope it can help you better understand what is your job as a parent and help you do that job. Kind of That's where we're going this morning. First, I want to help you understand your kid. What does the Proverbs say about your kid? Folly is bound up in the heart of a child. Proverbs tells us your kid is a dummy. So that's what you need to know. And sorry if you're visiting, like, did that preacher just say my kid's an idiot? Yeah, that's kind of what I said. And it's not, I'm not like picking on your kids. That's all kids. I mean, raise your hand if you were a kid at some point. You were never a child. You had like a weird Benjamin Button kind of life. Yeah. We all, this, is, this isn't just picking on your child. This is all, oh, my little angel. Yeah, can act like a demon. That's all of us. And that's how we come out. When I teach our class on membership, the word we use is depravity. All of us are depraved. We're foolish. We are broken. 
our kids, your kids, are born in the image of God. So I want you to retain the dignity of your child, but be aware of their depravity. Your child has dignity, but it has depravity. And so you need to have a proper expectation for your kids. And none of us do. And I can prove that to you, right? When your kid acts up, we're shocked. I mean, our kids, what's going on? Why are you doing this? Because folly is bound up in the heart of your child. There are two paths that Proverbs lays out for us. The path of foolishness and the path of wisdom. You need to understand You and your kid, we all start on the path of foolishness. So instead of being shocked when our kids act selfish, when our kids act up, you should be shocked when they do the right thing. But we're the opposite. What's going on? I mean, do you have to teach your kids to tell the truth, or do you got to teach them to lie? Every parent knows the answer. Because we come out knowing how to lie and manipulate. We come out foolish. That's just the way it is, and we need to have a proper expectation and understanding of our kids' depravity. I talk to parents that are just shocked. I caught my kid looking at pornography. What's wrong? There's something wrong with my kid. And I say, yeah, there's something wrong with all of us. There's foolishness, and we need to expect that and have the proper expectation but also motivation. So Proverbs, in talking about these two paths, Yes, it helps us all understand. They start, all of us start on the path of foolishness, but it also kind of takes us down that path a little bit and gives us the proper motivation for parenting as well. So you have a kid that starts off foolish and stays on that path. Listen to the result for you as a parent. A foolish son is a sorrow to his mother. There are few things that grieve anybody more than a parent watching their child go down a bad road. So as a parent, man, I want you to understand that, expect that, but engage in parenting. Understand what's going on, the warnings of a foolish life. (laughs) I'm not even going to read the whole first chapter to you, because as it lays down these two paths, because I think intuitively as parents we're already paralyzed with fear. But just to give you a little snippet, when it talks about, you know, a foolish child in the road that leads to, you know, where that path leads to, it talks about calamity, terror, destruction, death, and disaster. Oh, good. <laughs> Your kid's a dummy. They're on a road to disaster. Merry Christmas, everybody. Hopefully point two and three get a little bit better. And I don't mean that to scare you. Because, again, I think as parents, we're already just petrified. I remember like when my kid got their first cold, just like staring at their chest, going up and down, swearing like they don't breathe every time, you know, like I remember staring and just like, they're not breathing. Okay. They're not breathing again. Okay. I mean, we're just terrified as parents, but you need to understand the stakes, not just physical death. We're talking about what leads to a life of foolishness, proper expectation and proper motivation that your kid is on that path. I want you to understand and have a proper expectation and view of your kid because that's a part I want to start there because it informs understanding what our job is. I mean, how often do you hear parents, oh, I just let them decide and I don't want to force it on them. Understand your kid is foolish and going down a bad road. To abandon them on that is not loving at all. So I want to ask you in light of that, do you have a grasp of what your job as a parent is? I mean, nobody just tells us that. 
I mean, we can just have kids if God blesses us with kids, and then you leave the hospital, there's like no test, there's no manual, and you just head home. Do you understand what your job is as a parent? I mean, I studied all of the scriptures on Proverbs, even just all the scriptures I could find in God's word about what is the charge and command of parents. Do you know what it is? Now, if I put it to you this way, if you had to sum it up in one word, what is your job? be honest, I would have got it wrong myself even before studying for this message. Because I probably would have been like most people. I just said, it's my job to just love them. It's my job to love my kids. Of course you should love your kids. That is not the charge given to us. Here's what your job is. Training and instruction. It's your job is to teach your kids to train them and instruct them, not to just let them figure it out in their foolishness. Listen right out of the gate in Proverbs. Listen to these passages. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight. That's that's first verse coming out of Proverbs. That's the point of the book. And then it defines for us what is wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So the goal is to experience wisdom and to understand what that is. That's the fear of the Lord, to walk with God And then it just unpacks right out of Proverbs. Hear, my son, your father's instruction. Forsake not your mother's teaching. As I was preparing for this, like there's a couple famous parenting verbs and, you know, verses in Proverbs. But what I didn't realize, that there's so much more than just these couple verses. Do you understand Proverbs is set up as a parenting manual? Like that's the context of the book. The book opens up, with a parent pleading with their child. So as you think of Proverbs, I want you to picture that scene, a parent, you know, with their teenage kid, and right out of the gate, it's just pleading with that child, don't get in with that crowd. You're going to go down a bad road. Proverbs warns, don't you date that person. Don't get in a relationship with them. That's a bad road. That's the context of the book. It is a parenting manual. What is your job? I put it this way. It's training to instruct your kid how to be wise and walk with God in this fallen world. Do you understand that's your job? That is the command of Scripture. Not to have your kids like you, not to get... I mean, some of you so much are preparing for your kid to take the SATs, and you're not preparing for them to meet Jesus. Like, that's what I want you to have in mind. The goal is them as an adult, is them standing before God and knowing wisdom and how to walk with God. That's your job. And I think in our culture, we've gotten mixed up in so many kind of different roles of what it means to be a parent. So I want to address some of those. You know, hopefully, even if you don't have kids, your kids have moved on, you can glean something from it and understanding even kind of the home you were raised in. But here's some kind of misguided roles and goals that I think we can fall in as a parent. Some of you think your role, your job is to be a banker. It's to provide for your kids. Have you ever heard that? You know, I put a roof on your head, you know, clothes on your back. You're never without anything as if that is your primary job to give your, give your kids stuff so that they are without physical needs. How many of you were raised in homes where your parents provided stuff, but they weren't there emotionally? They didn't guide you spiritually. They didn't give you wisdom. I know tons of people like that, and every one of them is deeply wounded. Don't you dare think that it's just your job to give your kids stuff and not to train them and teach them. 
It's my job to make sure my kid has the newest phone. I'm failing as a parent if they don't have the newest stuff. I don't see that as a failure for you to just give your kid stuff. I mean, to give your kid stuff and not train them, that's failure. Yeah, great. Let's just give our kid a phone. Give our kid access to every temptation in the world. Open up a portal for every predator to get to your kid. Hey, good luck, child. Hope it works out. It's not a great plan. It's not just your job to provide stuff for your kids. What about this one? Maybe this is you or you've experienced this. You think it's your job to be your kid's buddy. I think this is huge in our culture right now. I mean, I just need to affirm them, and it's your job. Your role is to build up their self-esteem, to make them love themselves, feel good about themselves. Now, you'll notice about all these things, they're not all bad things, but when you think that that's your primary role, you're mistaken. Listen, your kid doesn't need a buddy and a friend. They need a parent to guide them, to train them. And that's what keeps us from doing the right thing often. Oh, they're going to get mad at me. And if your goal is your kid to like you, well, then you're not going to do the right things. It's not to be a buddy. What about this? Some of you think it's your job to be your kid's employee. I won't spend a lot of time here because you know the problems that can arise from that, but how many people, parents, we're just waiting on our kids. I mean, we are a child, idolatrous society, and it's our job to just do whatever our kids want. And how dare we as parents say no to our kids? You know, the goal of that one is to create a monster. And there's plenty of those. And I love it when people just rail on, oh, millennials, they're so entitled. And I, you know, let's just stop because those millennials didn't like appear out of nowhere. Guess what happened? We had a generation that just entitled kids and then we get mad. They're entitled, all right? So what about this? Some of you, and I think this is big for a lot of us, do you think it's your primary job to build your kid's resume? What's the goal for your kids? They got to be successful. You're preparing them more for a job interview than you are to walking with Jesus. And that's, and here's the deal, okay? Because let's be honest, because no one will say that as a parent, I'm a resume builder. But let me look at your calendar. I want you to think about your calendar right now. Let me look at your budget and what you spend on your kids. That's going to far more tell me what you think your job is than what we sit here and talk about today. I mean, you have, you know, whatever it be, school, sports, that's your focus. It's all about grades and making them successful so they can get a good job. Is that your primary role? Not to teach your kids character and wisdom, it's to get them a job. And that's what all your resources and time and focus goes to. What about this? Some of you act like you're a cruise director. I get this from my wife. Because so many times on the weekend, everyone's like, what are we going to do? And she's like, I'm not your cruise director. And some of you are just cruise directors. You think it's your goal is to entertain your kid. And then every day, you know, you come to Saturday, like, okay, here's the schedule, everybody. Six o'clock, salsa dancing down on the deck. Eight o'clock, we got piano. Nine o'clock, tap. Ten o'clock. And that's all you're doing. Again, you look at your budget. Your entire focus is on entertaining your kids. And it would be a travesty. How dare I deny my kid that activity as if it's my job to entertain my kids and keep them happy. What about this one? Some of you think you need to be a landscaper. I got to explain. That doesn't make sense. I've heard, you ever heard the top, you know, the, the word helicopter parent, that idea of just that hovering parent that like makes sure. I think the next generation of parents, we took it a step further. And it's called lawnmower parents. 
Some of you are lawnmower parents, and you think it's your job to just mow down any obstacle that your kid faces, and they all come from a good place. I don't want my kid to experience pain, so I got to make sure I step in and mow down every obstacle in their life, as if that's your job. And a lot of times it's selfish. It's not that it's not good for them. It's I can't handle seeing my kid in pain, so I just got to remove it. Not because it's best for the development, but because it's best for me. If I gave you that choice as a parent, okay, you can remove, you know, I'm not intentionally like harm your kids. It's not sadistic, but if you could take this situation, you could remove this pain from your kid, or you could allow them to walk through it, walk through it with them, and let them grow and become wise through it. Which one you take it? And as parents, how often do we make that other choice? I was sitting down with somebody recently. We were talking through, I mean, they were just terrified that their kid was going to go down a bad road. And as a parent, we love our kids. We want to do everything we can so they don't experience it. But then I was talking to that parent, you know, and asking them, hey, and ask yourself this. You ever have to learn a lesson the hard way? Oh, yeah. Now, is there a chance that your kid might have to learn lessons the hard way? Yeah. Are you okay with that? No one ever put it to me that way. Like, okay, I get it. You know, and so that's some of it. Your job isn't to just protect your kids, it's to prepare them. Like, is that understanding? So when you think of what your role is, what comes to mind? Is it training and preparation, or is it just protection? So right now, I want you to think of kind of the perfect parent in your mind. Like, who, who do you picture? How many people is it Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers? Here's what I think of. I think of a tender and firm and wise, older, black, bald man. That's who I think of. So for those of you who aren't Rocky fans, that's the trainer from Rocky IV. That is how I want you to see yourself. To see yourself as a trainer that's there for your kid, that is always in their corner, preparing them for the fight of their life. Is that your job? Do you see it that way? One of the hardest things with parenting is it doesn't have like this exact manual of do this and this. And, you know, we all debate, okay, when can a kid date? Proverbs doesn't say, thou shalt wait till thy 17. Like it, it's not in there. And that's some of the idea. As you think of yourself as a coach, you got to know your players. Does every player need the same motivation? Does every player need the same discipline? No, that's a part of training is knowing your kid. It doesn't tell you, hey, do this, and your kid turns out that way. These are principles, not promises. I wish it did, but it's not that specific. I mean, I wish it would tell me, like, how do I get my kids to stop, stop saying poopy all day, every day? I don't know. And my kids went in the face, that's all they said. Like, hey, you know, this is Mr. Brett. What's up, Mr. Poopy? I'm sorry, I'm not a good parent. It's like, it doesn't tell you how to do these things. It gives you the charge and the tools. Are you instructing your kids? And this isn't just particularly masculine. I'm not just, you know, like, oh, macho, to get your kids to fight. Like, I've seen Frozen 2. Man, those, those, Anna and Elsa, those girls are fierce. They got beast mode too. Like, you need to be preparing not just your sons, but your daughters as well. So I want you to train them. So I want you to think about this. Your goal is to launch your kids in this world. What happens? That's what the Bible talks about. It's this idea of an arrow that you fire. The whole point is to let go and to let them fly without you. 
to shoot them into this dark world with the light of Christ. That's the picture that needs to come to mind. But we like the idea. It makes me feel good when my kids need me. I find identity in that. Are you working yourself out of a job? That's your goal. As a parent, everybody should be working themselves out of a job so your kids don't need you, not so they depend on you forever. And so let me ask you, does your parenting line up with that? You know, I mean, how your kids, the amount of choices, you know, the amount of freedom that you give them, kind of this graph came to mind as a parent. That's kind of the goal, right? Okay, it's to prepare them so when they get out of my house, they're fully free already. They're independent. They know how to walk with God. They know who he is. They know how to be wise. And don't overthink the graph too much. I put 18 because that's when some people go to college. And some of you, you got like a 42-year-old in your basement. You're like, they're supposed to leave at 18. <laughs> like, I'm trying to push them out of the nest. I'm prying mine out of the nest. Like, leave. So I know, you know, the number may change. But let's just say 18 or whenever they kind of launch out of your home. Is that what you're shooting for? How many of you are raising homes where the freedom, the independence didn't go up anywhere? And it was nothing. Instead of teaching your kids self-control, it was just about controlling your kids. Your job isn't to just control your kids so they don't act up. Because guess what happens? you know how many times I've seen that? You know, a kid that was just controlled in their home, and then they get to college, and they get all the freedom they need, and they fall off a cliff. It happens every single time, but yet as parents, again, a lot of it's fear-based. We're just so afraid they're going to make a mistake. Don't you want to make a mistake in your home where you can be there to catch them and train them? And so are you preparing them? Training them, teaching them how to do it, giving them opportunity to do it. I got to check myself all the time. If my kid's able to do something, let them do it and not do it for them. Because my goal is to train and prepare them. All right, so I want you to understand your kid. And their kid has foolishness and is on the road to foolishness. So your job is to train them, to show them the way of the Lord. And this is, it's not a promise I mean, as parents, we get into that, train your child up, and they will never depart from it. That crushes so many parents. Look, your kid has a choice. And some of you watch, you think you raised your kid right, and you think they know better. Listen to me. They do know better, and they're better off for it. But your child still has a choice. It's your job to train them, to show them this way. So how do we do that? Let me kind of turn the corner with that. How do we do our job? First, I want to encourage you to persevere. Parenting is hard. It's tiring. And one of the things that, here's what, one of the ways I was encouraged by Proverbs. If you are going along with the reading plan, and I've kind of done that, read a chapter a day for these last two months, one thing that stuck out is so repetitive. It's almost laborious at times, like, okay, I get it. Use wise counsel. I get it. Don't be foolish. And then it kind of clicked for me. Have you as a parent ever told your kid this? Like, how many times do I have to tell you? Raise your hand if you ever said that to your child. Every single parent, like, how many times do I have to tell you? You know what the answer is? A lot. It's a lot. God knows that we are foolish, and the picture is staying with them, teaching them, training them, letting them make mistakes, correcting them. So just hang in there, all right? So for parents that are tired, it's okay. It's tiring. You know, the years are short, but the days are long. Don't quit. Be patient. Here's another way that it helps give us perseverance. 
to keep going. So it talks about where your kids are at, but it also points you kind of to the end of the path and reminds you of what your kid's going to be like when they're 40. Think about that moment, not just like, oh, they're mad at me right now. After first service, somebody came up to me, and I'm like, man, I didn't have kids, so I wasn't sure how this kind of sermon was going to go, and he was just so grateful. He's like, you know what, thank you. He's like, I get it now. Like, I used to get so mad at my parents, and now I'm so thankful that they disciplined me because they were trying to train me. Can you imagine hearing that as a parent? For you, the kids that are out of the house, thanks, Mom and Dad, for all your discipline. I'm so grateful. Like, Listen, that's what it pushes to, the end of the path. It reminds us, look, at the end of your life, you groan when, you're, when, flesh, when your flesh and body are consumed and you say, how I hated discipline and my heart despised reproof. I did not listen to the voice of my teachers or incline my ear to my instruction. This is a foolish kid at the end of his life finally seeing his parents' wisdom. So just because your kids are mad at you now, remember that at one day, whether they even accept it or not, on some level, they will appreciate it. It also talks about you know, your child will raise up and call you blessed. I mean, I don't know if that happens in your home. Every day your kids wake up. like Mother, I just call thee blessed. Thank you for thy parenting. Like, that doesn't really happen. So one, let me thank you if your kids never do because it is a worthy cause. But imagine that one day your kids will be thankful whether they followed it or not, for your discipline and instruction. All right, so that's perseverance, but it also calls you to make a plan. I want you to persevere, but I want you to make a plan. If this is your job, do you have a plan for that? You want your kid to get a good job? I guarantee you have a plan laid out. Well, they're going to go to this school, and I'm going to get this tutor, and you have a plan for them to have the goal of being successful. Sports, same thing. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get him in this sport and I'm going to get him on this travel team and all that because you have a plan for that. Now, your primary job to teach your kid wisdom and how to walk with God, what is your plan for that? It's not accidental. Look at this proverb. I've taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. This isn't an accident. So if you just hope that you're so wise and by osmosis your kids will become wise, that's a bad plan. Let me tell you another very bad plan. We were like, well, wait a minute. That's your job as the church, right? Like, I teach him the curveball, you teach him Jesus. Like, we're a team, man. It doesn't work that way. Who teaches kids? Parents. And for you to ignore that and just hope the church does that, you're teaching them something. And it's that the church and God is secondary and all those other things are more important. It is your job to teach them who God is and how to walk with them. That isn't just going to happen. So I want to kind of encourage you with another verse that kind of maybe unpacks what that could look like in your home. This is Deuteronomy 6.4. You teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. How to teach your kids? It's very clear. You just make sure they're on your frontlets. I'm not positive what that is, so just breeze past that one. But you get the idea. Look, I mean, it should be in the rhythm of your home as you rise, as you go down. 
Do you pray with your kids as they wake up, as they go to bed? If your kids are in kid zone, we give you a journal page. Talk about that at dinner. I mean, talk about the video. Watch the videos together. Talk about, put scripture in your home. Here's the one that I've really appreciated that I want to encourage you to, you know, as you walk by the way. I think we kind of missed that. What was walking for them? It was their mode of transportation. We're overweight Americans. We don't walk anywhere. I'll drive like 20 feet if I got to. For us, what is the mode of transportation? It's in the car. Start doing this. And I've started to do this, and I enjoy it. As you're in the car driving them to school, talk about God. Talk about Scripture. It's perfect. They're strapped in. They can't leave. They have to listen to you. And so as we talk about wisdom, what is it talking about? It's talking about Proverbs. You know what I've been doing in my family? As we walk, by the way, as we're driving to school, I'm reading through Proverbs. I just talk about a proverb that impacted me. I mean, it's not rocket science. Like, man, I, saw, I read this. What do you think that means, sweetie? How do you do that? What could that look like in teaching them wisdom? I mean, we just kind of hope they figure it out. I mean, you notice the Proverbs? It's talking to his kid about sex, warning about sleeping around, and your hope is like, uh, just not talk about it. I'm sure they'll figure it out. I'm sure they'll get to college. Nobody thinks about sex. It's fine. It'll work out. Talk to them! If you don't teach them, and your hope really is, let's not talk about it, and the kids at the lunch table will just lead to wisdom. You're crazy. You got to teach them. Talk scripture with them. And then, so here's the goal. So as good, any good coach, it's to teach them what needs to happen, and then discipline them when it doesn't happen. All right? So that's what I'm going to talk about, discipline. Whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. To not teach your kid the right way is a disservice, but to allow them to walk in foolishness and not discipline them is just as much of a disservice. Man, we're so afraid if I discipline my kid, they'll be mad at me. It's not your job to make your kid like you. It's to keep them from the road of foolishness and folly. So when we think of discipline, this is what has been huge for me. I think it's just punishing them because they did wrong. Remember your job. It's not primarily just to punish them and know how bad they are. And that's how we do it. We're just angry. Go to your room. I'm sick of you. And then they walk out, and that's discipline. Discipline isn't just punishment. Some of discipline is encouragement, exhortation. And then, yes, you need to have discipline, a deterrent, to foolish and sinful behavior. And I don't, I'm not even going to get into specifics of exactly how you should discipline, but you should. You say, oh, I'm afraid they'll hate me. If you don't discipline your kid, it's very clear you hate them because you're allowing them to walk down a bad road. And some of them, oh, isn't that abuse? Yes, if you do it angry and take it too far, and every parent feels this, and I've been trying my best recently, yeah, don't discipline out of anger. You don't discipline them because you're ticked off and you want them to be better. You're training them. So more important than what the discipline is you decide, it's the conversation before and after that's far more important. Understanding, you know, here's what you need to do. And then when they don't do that, understand, look, I'm not, you, this is painful. And here's why it's painful, because I don't want you to do that. And it's not good for you, it's bad for you. Show them your heart, show them it's out of love. You discipline out of love. That's your motivation, not anger. So do you as a parent have a plan to teach your kid 
God's word, how to walk with him. And do you have a plan when they don't, how to deter that as best you can, but they still have to choose. So the last thing I want to encourage you to, I want you to persevere, I want you to plan, but I want you to prioritize. Proverbs helps us understand what is the priority of parenting. Read this with me. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Oh, my son, give me your heart. May your eyes take delight in following my ways. Don't get so lost in getting your kids to act the way you want them to act, and you miss their heart. How many of you were raised in homes and have seen that play out? Yeah, we didn't want to get out of line. We had to go to church, but their heart wasn't in it at all. And the second they get freedom, they're gone. Your job is to parent your kid's heart, not to just get behavior. I'm not talking about the heart is the overflow. Understand the heart is upstream in your child. Behavior is downstream. And then what do we do? We just only work on behavior and downstream and trying to get them to act right. The goal isn't to get them to act right. The priority is their heart and heart for Jesus. I had a buddy whose basement got flooded out. You know, he comes in, he can just hear the water pouring in. And here's how we are as parents sometimes. We're downstairs and it's just flooding in our homes and we're just focusing on, oh, this is all wet and how ticked off you are. This isn't going well. If you go downstairs and your basement water is pouring in, what's the first thing you do? Turn off the water source. You go back to the source. But yet we as parents don't do that. We just worry about behavior. I want to encourage you. Prioritize the heart of your child. Are you parenting the heart? Do you have a relationship where your kid feels comfortable to give you their heart? Or have you been so harsh with them that they're afraid of us and they're afraid what we're going to do, that they don't get grace from us because if they show us a little bit of vulnerability, we smack them down. Do you have that kind of relationship? This te- in Proverbs 4, it talks about this tenderness with a parent. My goal is for them to open up their heart to me and to speak courage into them. That's one of the gifts as a parent. You almost have this ability when they don't see it in themselves to just speak who they were meant to be. When's the last time you just spoke courage into your kid as opposed to just yelling at them for not doing the right thing? I want you to focus on that. I mean, I make a point to get, you know, and I think we can tell the difference at times. To get at eye level with your kid. You know, I get down on one knee almost every time when I walk in the door. Some of you... Kids are older, and you got to, like, get up on a chair, like, let me get eye to eye here. Bend down. But for me, I make a point to get down on their level, to get down on one knee and say, what's going on? Buddy, why are you doing that? We recently went through this, and I'm just parenting behavior. It was, of course, my wife that kind of spotted it first. My son wasn't doing what I wanted him to do, and I'm frustrated and I'm laying into him, and I'm pushing him. And I didn't stop to figure out what was going on. And when I finally got down, and we got to see his heart, he's scared. The heart of my child is scared and vulnerable, and I'm laying into him. Like, that's what I think needs to happen, because I want him to do what I want to do. My kid didn't need me to lay into him. He needed me to pick him up. To be there for your kid, to be that trainer in their corner and say, what's going on? 
You can tell me anything. I'm here for you. I am in your corner. Speak life into them. Speak courage into them. That's your job. Do you have that kind of relationship where they feel comfortable to give you their heart and then you can speak life into them? I feel bad for my kids as I prepare sermons because I get convicted myself and I've been like working on this. You know how many heart-to-hearts I've had with my kid this week? I'm like preparing this sermon Thursday. I'm like, Gwen, get over here. Like, sweetie, you know, you are, <laughs> you are beautiful and I'm there for you. And so I want you to parent the heart of your kid. That's your goal, that they have a heart for Christ, not getting into the right school and staying in line. Will you pray with me? Father, I pray for grace over all of us. All of us are imperfect parents. All of us have fallen so short of our role. But God, I pray that you would instill courage into us. God, that we would keep fighting for the heart of our kids. God, that we would keep a focus on you and your word. But God, we confess right now it is tiring, it is difficult, and we need your help, we need your grace. But God, would we take up the task of fighting for the heart of our kids? In Jesus' name, amen.